Hello and welcome into another episode of On to Waveland. I am your fill-in host for this episode, Michael Beller, usually behind the glass producing, but uh, stepping in front of the microphone to do a little hosting on this episode on this Friday. Welcome in to joining us here with Patrick Moody, who you know well. Patrick, how you doing today? Good, Michael. How you been? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I, I like being in front of the microphone with you and getting to talk a little bit of Cubs and not just uh, listening to you guys cackle on and, and have your little inside jokes. And now I get to be part of it. It feels good. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to talk to the Cubs fans for sure. So uh, we got a special episode actually for you guys here today to uh, kick off your weekend. Cubs second round pick, Burl Ca- Caraway joining us. I always want to say Callaway. It's Burl Caraway joining us here today. Of course, Cubs using a second round pick to get the reliever out of Dallas Baptist. Uh, Patrick, you were able to uh, catch up with Burl a little bit earlier. What were your impressions of him after your first time talking with him? A very composed pitcher, um, very easy conversation. I think I can see why uh, the Cubs were raving about his you know, Zoom conference and his kind of uh, awareness both of you know, kind of his, his strengths and kind of where the game is trending towards these uh, super bullpens. Uh, And I think that he's someone Cubs fans are going to see at Wrigley uh, much sooner rather than later. Yeah, it was uh, a sort of a planting of a flag sort of pick for uh, the front office. It felt like, uh, as you said, uh, with the way the the league's going, we've seen so many teams that have won World Series in recent years and have advanced deep, have had strong regular seasons, have these really super bullpens. And we've seen other teams try to build that as they try to catch teams. One example that jumps out to me, the San Diego Padres, everything they've done to build a really strong bullpen and trying to chase down the Dodgers in the NL West. So you see the Cubs go use a second round pick on a player like this. It certainly shows uh, that they are maybe trending in that direction as well. Uh, It was a a nice pick. And as you said, an impressive kid. Sounds like he uh, knows exactly what he wants in his immediate and his long-term future. We're going to bring you that interview right now. Patrick Mooney with Burl Caraway. Here we go. Burl, thanks for joining us. Uh, Congratulations. You are now officially a Cubs uh, employee. Uh, Just to start, broadly how would you describe the whirlwind of the last three plus months realizing a lifelong dream at such an unusual time (laughs) well thank you guys for having me uh man you nailed it it has been a whirlwind uh it's it's been kind of crazy but uh, i'm i'm very thankful that it's all over with and that it all went so well for me um just kind of a lot going on and every time something happens you know it's okay gotta wait for the draft and then you gotta wait to sign and now gotta wait to hear uh, what the what the MLB is going to decide and who the Cubs are going to bring to the taxi squad. So it's been very crazy, but I'm, I'm fortunate to be where I am and, and very excited. Once baseball did get shut down, how did you redirect your energy and stay mentally focused and physically fit? Yes, yeah, sir. It was pretty, you know, there for a little bit. I kind of wanted to hang on to the college season, hoping that maybe things would pick back up and I'd get to pitch again as a Patriot. But uh, it, it became pretty clear that wasn't going to happen. And so uh, you know, you hate to look too far ahead, but the next step for me was the draft. And so just uh, focused on, you know, I wanted to have a pro career and I wanted to enter the draft as strong as I've ever been. And so was able to really just work towards that goal. Um, it was a long time, three months kind of till the deadline, but uh, made it through it and worked out at DBU for a long time and uh, feel as good as I ever have. How did the onboarding process work in the middle of a pandemic? I'm thinking like taking a physical and actually signing your contract and getting started here yeah it was kind of interesting they uh they flew me out to arizona but their facilities 
there in Arizona were actually shut down. So I didn't get to see any of their stuff there. It was more like, um, you know, they, they picked us up from the hotel in a van and took us to pretty much five different doctor's offices. Um, so I was telling my parents, it's kind of like if you scheduled five different doctor's appointments for the same day, we just kind of shipped from one place to the other. And uh, yeah, but it was good. It was kind of like you said, it was interesting. And then when it got right down to putting pay, pen, on, pen on paper, it was uh, in the hotel conference like meeting room. So very interesting experience, but also very glad that it's over with and I can just get back to playing ball. Did you actually get to see the Sloan Park complex, like driving by it, or were you just kind of bouncing uh, around throughout the, the Phoenix uh, area there? Yeah, so we drove by it, and I, I was, you know, trying to look for it. I didn't really even know what to look for because I've never been to Arizona, <laughs> but uh, it was it was cool. You know, I'm sure they're going to take us back there when things open up a little bit more, and I'll get very familiar with Arizona. But I was in the I was in the team hotel, so I got to see some of that stuff and and met a lot of the Cubs doctors that were just working from individual doctors' offices instead of at the facilities. Uh, and since you were drafted, uh, how have you know, Cubs coaches or staffers? reached out to you and pointed you in the right direction to get started here. Has there been any sort of like orientation process? Yes, sir. It was, they've been super helpful. We did first thing we did was jump on a zoom call, all the new guys that they signed. Um, or I guess the guys that they drafted and hadn't signed yet, we were all on a zoom call and they kind of walked us through the process and, and what was going to be going on in the next couple of weeks. And for me specifically, this was a couple of days before I flew to Arizona. So they were kind of telling me how that would work. And, um, Man, when we were in Arizona, they took really good care of us. They brought us all of our food to the hotel so we didn't have to go out and uh, shipped us from, like I said, doctor's office to doctor's office. And so that was really cool and flew back here and they sent me my HR paperwork through email and <laughs> scanned it and got it back to them. So it's all been virtual, but they've been really helpful. And, you know, I'm talking to Mr. Breslow and, and a lot of the player development guys about uh, what, it, what it might look like for me in these next couple of weeks, these next couple of days. So so very excited to be back to playing ball. With the Cubs – well, they've done a, a really good job at pitching on the major league level. Uh, they've kind of struggled to like draft and develop these pitchers to get all the way to Wrigley. And Craig Breslow was hired specifically to be this director of pitching and kind of bring uh, a lot of the baseball operations department together. Uh, what has been his feedback uh, or, or advice here? Yeah, so, you know, they, they kind of talked about that actually a little bit in that Zoom call that we were on, and it was – it was really cool that they were they were kind of honest about that and the fact that you know they were excited that this was going to be the group that we kind of get to turn it around and so I'm I'm excited to be a part of you know the change that we're going to be really good pitchers and we're going to develop really well in their system. Uh, I, I talked with them even leading up to the draft a lot and they are it seems like they really know what they're doing. I trust them fully and, and I think we're going to think we're going to get this thing going pretty good here. Do you have you'd mentioned the taxi squad earlier? Do you have a sense if you will be part of that 60 man roster and working out uh, at the satellite camp in South Bend. <laughs> well, it would sure be awesome. Uh, I don't really, I don't really have an answer for you yet. Um, I just, you know, we don't know. And like I said, I trust that the Cubs are going to do and what they think's best for me and what's best for the team. And so that's the main focus, but I I'm ready. If they call my name, I'm going to be ready. I've been working for it the past couple of months uh, with the idea that, you know, I, as a relief pitcher, I might be able to move through the ranks pretty quickly and start getting big league outs for, for the Cubs. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm ready for it, but I'm excited to see uh, what they end up telling me here in a couple of days. Uh, Dan Cantravitz, the Cubs' vice president of scouting, um, on I, I believe it was your draft night, you kind of mentioned your outlook on, on being a reliever and knowing the way the game is moving with super bullpens. I mean, how did 
you kind of recognize that trend as an observer of the game where there are moments that kind of stood out and reinforced um, this kind of hyper importance for bullpens. Right. Well, I mean, I am a little bit biased because I am a bullpen arm, but I, I just think that, you know, the way that the game is becoming more analytical and the way that you can really get a bunch of data on guys and, you know, ride fastballs and you can actually put a number on, you know, how unhittable a pitch is. I think that it just, it leads more to, you know, in a certain situation where you potentially need a guy that can miss bats, strike some people out, stuff like that. You can find yourself being put into a game when otherwise, you know, maybe if they didn't know so much, that then they would just be, you know, ride the starter for as long as you can. And so I, I just kind of went into it knowing that I'm really good at what I do as a relief pitcher. And uh, whether that's, you know, going to make me, you know, not necessarily get drafted as high, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to be able to provide a lot of value to the team pitching you know, a shutdown inning a couple of times a week, three times a week. And so uh, I'm excited to get those opportunities. And I don't think by any means that it was a gamble for the Cubs to pick me where they did. I think it's going to work out really well for both of us. You told my my colleague Sahadev that the Cubs were one of the first teams you Zoomed with. Uh, could you uh, maybe recreate that Zoom for us in terms of what did they try to impress upon you about the organization and what did um, you want to get across to them? Yeah, I, I remember that Zoom call pretty vividly. Like you said, it was it was one of the very first ones that I did, and it was a, a pretty long conversation that I really enjoyed just talking baseball and talking with a team that is progressive with the analytics and things like that that they do. And so, um, you know, I guess I would just say at the beginning, it's it's definitely a little bit just them trying to get a feel for the type of person that I am and the type of worker that I am. And then, uh, you know, it's, when it's my turn to ask questions, I, I get the same thing, the feel for the type of organization that the Cubs are. Um, and, and outside of that, you know, I, I think the Cubs is one of the teams that just had several, you know, pitch development analytic people on our call. And so it was really cool seeing that how much they value that and how much, you know, I do think that I could develop as a pitcher in their system. And so um, I think pretty much from the get go, I knew that the Cubs was a really good fit and everything I heard from whether it was my agent or, you know, anything you read, it just says that the Cubs are kind of ahead of the curve on all that stuff. And so. Uh, I, I really wanted to be a Cub, and I think it's a really good fit for me. So going all the way back to that Zoom call, it's been all good things with them. The f- fans are obsessed with prospects now in general, but Cubs fans especially love like digging into the draft and the farm system. <laughs> what what has the reaction been like for you on social media? Yeah, it's it's been really cool, man. I remember you know right when I got drafted to the Cubs, uh, and I didn't know it was happening until you know two picks before, so it was really – quick turnaround for me. But right when it happened, my phone just started blowing up people, you know, (laughs) that I had no idea who they were, but they're following me. They're posting me on Instagram, stuff like that. And it was just really cool, you know, and for the most part, when you get, when you get that kind of publicity, sometimes, you know, it can be, it can be pretty negative, but I've been pretty overwhelmed with, you know, the majority of things that I see are very positive. It seems like, you know, I know it's a great fan base to play for. I can't wait to, to hopefully get to Chicago here pretty soon. And, uh, play for them but yeah they and and one other thing they are sure having fun with my name I know it's kind of weird but uh they're they're kind of excited to have you know Burl Caraway pitching for them so it's it's been really fun yeah I think was it maybe like your dad's Twitter account said something like I'm not the pitcher who got drafted by the Cubs <laughs> is that right was it something like that <laughs> yes yeah, sir well it's been confusing for a long time for us because we have the same name I'm the fourth and so it's a family name and uh he had Twitter before mm-hmm. I did so uh he had the he had the Burl Caraway handle. It's a lot of DMs and a lot of followers that are clearly people wanting to want to follow the baseball player. And so finally, after the draft, he uh, he decided to throw that in his bio. It was it was something like 
I'm Burl the dad, Burl the pitcher is at, and then put my <laughs> handle. So it's very funny. <laughs> so you got precedence on the uh, Twitter handle then? <laughs> right. Yeah. I was thinking about, I might have to buy him out, but I think he's too expensive. <laughs> and just a final, have, have you ever been to Wrigley Field before? No, sir. I have not. So it's going to be really cool when I finally get to step foot on there. Yeah, have, have you imagined uh, what it would be like to kind of come running out of that bullpen close game? Hopefully we get back to a point where 40,000 fans can come back into the stadium. What what kind of images flash through your head then? Yeah, I mean, that's just that's something that all of us baseball players dream about. It's something I've worked my whole life for, and, and that's that truly is the dream. Um so I, I, it gives me chills thinking about it, especially playing at such a historic place like Wrigley in, in, a, in a city like Chicago. So uh, I couldn't be more excited for the fit that I that I ended up with. And, and man, I, I really do need to make it up to Wrigley sometime soon so I can so I can get that experience under my belt. Burl, thank you so much for your time. Good luck. And hopefully we'll see you uh, in Chicago sooner rather than later. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Our thanks again to Burl Caraway taking some time to talk with Patrick earlier today uh, and joining you here on On to Waveland. You know, he sounds like a guy who is uh, very ready to get himself to Wrigley. And when he gets himself to Wrigley, you know, I wonder, um, the way they the way they do this, the way they're going to have to do it this year, are they going to be able to have Gatorade coolers that we're, we're used to seeing in the dugouts? I, I'm not sure, Patrick, but if they don't have Gatorade coolers in the dugouts, you know one thing they could do? They could get themselves some hydrant. They could get themselves some hydrant and mix it into their water because that's a great way to stay hydrated. And you got to stay hydrated when you're playing sports. And even if you're just guys like you and me who are talking about people playing sports, you still want to stay hydrated. And hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. Hydrant. Also backed by research, the formula was developed by Oxford scientists. Those are the smart ones. You hear someone telling you they went to Oxford, you know that's a very smart person. Well, Hydrant's got them. They are perfectly balanced and efficient packets for your hydration. No synthetic colors, no artificial sweeteners. It's a vegan formula, and you can use, or you can choose, excuse me, between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a bucket packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. All you got to do to get 25% off your first order is go to drinkhydrant.com slash Cubs. That's drinkhydrant.com slash Cubs for 25% off your first order, drinkhydrant.com slash Cubs. Uh, Patrick, one of the most interesting things uh, to me that you guys talked about was the taxi squad. We know that this is something that we're going to be watching again. You and I are sitting here on Friday afternoon recording this. So about 48 hours from now, we know uh, the 60 guys who will be participating for the Cubs in some form or fashion in the 2020 season. And those taxi squad uh, decisions are going to be really interesting because I think you're going to see every team across the majors, not just the Cubs, want to get some guys on that squad who they know aren't going to play one-third of an inning for them in the majors this year, but that they still want to be able to get those reps and start to get that development in. And Caraway certainly seems like he's the sort of guy who could fit that bill. Yeah, he didn't rule out the idea, and he certainly uh, sounded ready for the opportunity. The Cubs are certainly thinking along those lines. Uh, we've heard uh, Brennan Davis, a young outfielder, that you know he could – use the the exposure and the extra development time it's a guy they think could be 
uh, you know, a frontline center fielder for them one day, as well as a Braylon Marquez, a lefty who throws about a hundred miles an hour. Uh, you know, Cubs fans can always start dreaming about, you know, Burl and Braylon uh, <clears throat> coming out of the bullpen. But I think like you're, like you're saying, Michael, that all teams are looking at this empty space uh, throughout their these empty spaces throughout their farm systems right now and wondering, you know, how can we catch up? Like there's not enough zooms in the world to make up for (laughs) 450 plate appearances or, you know, a hundred innings or 50 innings for whatever it is. And I think, you know, we'll be kind of circling those names on the 60 man roster when the Cubs uh, release it on Sunday. And, um, yeah, I think there's a, a decent chance Burrow could be on it. When you look at the other end of the roster, I mean, that, that end of, of the taxi squad is you know, very interesting for its own reasons, but it's the other end of the taxi squad that really could end up having an influence on whether the Cubs are one of the teams that ends up making the postseason. We know that things are going to be bunched. There's going to be you know a, a few teams that are able to go 40-20 and 20 in the 60-game window and run away from their uh, from their other players or other teams, excuse me, in their division. There are going to be a few teams that just bottom out and have a really ugly 60-game window. And then every Everyone else, you got to figure you're going to see a lot of you know 33 and 27 and 31 and 29 teams that just barely miss out on the postseason by a game or two, and it's going to be the players at the top end of the taxi squad who uh, have a whole lot of say in you know maybe getting that extra win. Uh, we know that there's going to be a lot of flexibility for rosters, and teams are going to want to dip into at least you know players number. 31 through 35 uh, as we go through this two-month sprint of a season. Uh, when you look at that end of what the Cubs taxi squad is going to be, is there anyone in that group that jumps out at you as someone who's going to be really interesting for Cubs fans to watch this season? I think that's more kind of the depth that Theo obsesses over even in the best of times. And I think what we're all curious to see is, well, one, it's the obvious. We have no idea what this virus is going to do uh to the season Uh, I think teams have to be prepared uh, for that possibility we really don't know how far uh, the season can go Uh, but also we're looking at those kind of like soft tissue injuries the the things that will happen after uh, players try to ramp up again that it's really hard to simulate some of these explosive movements that they'll do in games and sure you can um do bullpen sessions and you know tape tape it on your phone and send it to your pitching coach or you can take a million swings uh in the cage but um you know the cubs are looking at maybe a couple uh spring training games or exhibition games or if you want to call it uh possibly against the white Sox, and maybe that's that helps but uh really you're looking at late July, early August there. And, you know, you're kind of crossing your fingers, hoping that there are no major injuries after such a long layoff. Yeah. um, I think that's something that the team would definitely uh, celebrate. If you can get through those first few weeks uh, healthy and especially no one who you imagine is going to have to have a huge 
uh, part in them having a successful two-month run. Uh, you want to get those guys certainly into the middle of August feeling good, getting past what would be an increased window for those soft tissue injuries. Obviously, that can happen at any time, but you got to feel like if you get to you know August 10th or so, just to pick a random two-week-ish outdate from when opening day is going to be, then maybe you've made it past you know the scariest part where the incidence of injury could be a little bit higher. And I feel like uh, at that point, if you get past and you've still got Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, upright, running the way that you expect them to, then you're going to feel pretty good. Maybe you'll even have a little bit of a cheers. And if you do have a little bit of a cheers, you're going to want to do it with a dugout mug. Uh, Let's be honest. I mean, these are uh, some excellent mugs that are made out of baseball bats, really perfect for the baseball fan in your life. A company, aptly enough, started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name, Dugout Mugs. It's the barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug. These are licensed by Major League Baseball, so you can get a Cubs logo laser engraved onto your dugout mug. Really perfect for any sort of occasion, not just a baseball occasion, but any time that calls for a great mug, dugout mug is there for you. Go to dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash the athletic and code MLB30. Fill the baseball void, which is ending soon, but you can end it even sooner with a dugout mug. Patrick, one more thing I want to talk about before we wrap up today's episode. It's the shape of uh, what these divisions are going to look like this season. Uh, We know the Cubs are going to be playing 40 games against their NL Central uh, competitors and then 20 games against teams from the AL Central. Uh, Seems like a little bit of a boost for perhaps these Cubs pitchers. Uh, They were not going to see a whole lot of Detroit Tigers. They were not going to see Kansas City Royals. In the regular season, had the season been what we thought it was going to be a few months ago, and now you add those two likely bottom feeders to your uh, schedule, uh, feels like a spot where the Cubs can take advantage and maybe every NL Central team can take advantage. Yeah, I also think it counteracts what is a really interesting division. I think if you look at some of those uh, fan graphs projections or some of the betting websites uh, and you see this cluster of four teams right around, you know, over unders at 31 and a half or 32 and a half wins. And I think that's uh, not unreasonable to see this kind of uh, four way sprint uh, through the end of September. And certainly um, what I wonder about is this Cubs rotation. They've poured a lot of money into it. You've got, Uh, A lot of guys who are on the wrong side of 30. And, you know, you you wonder, hey, could they have, you know, hung another 200 innings or another 150 innings uh, onto the their baseball reference page there? And and now, you know, maybe this helps. But you're also dealing with guys who are very particular about their routine, who kind of take time to ramp up and get into the flow of the season. And now you're. Uh, you know, talking about this, you know, unprecedented sprint of a season, I think be really curious to see how they react and, you know, tying it back to what we talked about earlier in terms of the bullpens and the Cubs pitch lab and their pitching infrastructure. And this this is going to be a time where they have to shine and, and kind of prove that all of these behind the scenes changes that they've made, the, Um, kind of evolution of their scouting protocols, how they've incorporated R&D into their game planning. I mean, this is the time to to prove it. Yeah, you know, for reference uh, sake, you talk about those fan graphs 
projected standings and of course not the gospel but it's a useful tool and plenty of times those fangrass projected standings end up coming close enough to have looked back six months prior and say yeah that was uh, you know something that was useful for us to have considered back then uh, every division has uh, at least a couple of teams that are a few wins off the first place pace not so in the nl central right now uh, fangrass projects the cubs as the division winner going 32 and 28 and then you've got the brewers reds and cardinals all going 31 and 29. And like you said, it feels like a perfect, perfectly reasonable way to look at this NL Central. Hard to imagine any of those four teams really separating themselves from the others. Of course, any of them is liable to get hot and be one of those teams we talked about that ends up going 40 and 20. We know we're going to see it from at least one or two teams. Uh, but it does seem like the sort of division that could easily bunch up where one game does end up making a difference. And you talk about these pitchers who are on the wrong side of 30 and would they have been able to hold up for you know 200 plus innings again this season. I've said I was going to uh, end it uh, with that previous topic, but I just want to ask you one more thing. You look at a couple of guys like Alec Mills, Adbert Alzole, certainly guys who are capable of being starters in the majors. Do we think the Cubs end up being one of those teams that gets creative with its starting pitcher usage and you know, maybe take some of the strain off of you know, John Lester's arm or Hugh Darvish's arm and asks for a little bit more out of guys like Alzale and Mills? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how it would break down. I think someone like Hugh Dar- Darvish is kind of a has been a perfectionist at times and kind of whatever he needs to do to get back into the zone that he was in the second half of last year, I think you probably go for it. But Alec Mills in particular is someone who they had felt earned this opportunity that he was going to be a swing man uh, with who would provide a lot of value um, over the course of a six month season that he would kind of uh, morph into that Mike Montgomery, Mike Montgomery type uh, swing man role. And I I certainly think there will be, you know, opportunities for him, uh, whether it is as an extra starter, whether it's the Cubs are in scramble mode and need to, you know, put him in the middle of their rotation. Uh, certainly he's a guy that I will be looking at. And um, in terms of Adbert, he's someone who I think that has dealt with injuries in, in the past. Uh, great stuff. Um, Cubs people in player development love his attitude uh, and his makeup. And it just hasn't quite all clicked for him, but he is someone that, you know, when and if that does happen, uh, I think Cubs fans will love to watch him perform. Transaction freeze across Major League Baseball has been lifted as of 11 a.m. Central on Friday. Taxi squads will be locked in on Sunday. It is an exciting weekend ahead for baseball. And finally, Patrick, for good reasons and not for the bad ones that we've been talking about for the last three months here. That's going to do it for this episode of On to Waveland. Thanks again, to Burl Caraway for joining us. Uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, any of those platforms, please do rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we really would appreciate it. And if you are on those platforms and not yet an athletic subscriber, go ahead and go to theathletic.com slash onto Waveland and get yourself a free 30-day trial to The Athletic. For Patrick Mooney, I am Michael Beller. Onto Waveland will be back with you next week. Have a great weekend. 